The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Genesis chapter 39, as we continue in our study and uh, as we look at the life of Joseph. Yesterday we started something, and as I mentioned, I started the lesson intending to give three principles. And yesterday finished the lesson with one. And so as I've been looking at it and evaluating it, the Lord has really directed me to the lesson of trying to pick up the other two. And I just want to slow down a little bit and focus our attention on these three different principles that God laid upon my heart. So yesterday we talked about the place, the place that Jesus that God put Joseph in this prison. It was in a prison for a specific reason. And uh, we talked about the different places that God allows into our lives and that uh, God, is, God has got a plan for each and every one of them. Today, I wanna talk about his presence. Uh, verse number 21, Genesis 39 and verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. That's really going to focus my attention on that verse today, that the Lord was with Joseph. Please remember, as we've read this, this is not the first time that if this phrase or one similar to it has been used in the passages that we have read over the last few weeks. Uh, there's been many times where the comment was made that, jo- that God was with Joseph. And if I were to say anything in all of this that I hope that we would strive to get from this is, yes, encouragement to know that God's in control, that he doesn't make mistakes, that where we are is his plan, that, that his presence, as we'll see today, is important, that all of these things work together for good. All these different principles we've, we've been able to pull in from Scripture, which are so truthful and so powerful in our Christian life. But if there's one that I believe that we need to rely upon more than anything, and that is understanding his presence. And when it says the Lord was with Joseph, it's more than just his presence. He was with him in movement and power and things of that nature. And so I hope we understand. I hope that's something that we strive for. I hope it's something that we recognize as a great need and that we would be willing to say, Lord, this is really what I want. If anything I got from 2020, 2021, the battles, anything going on in our lives, all of it would be that I want the presence of God to be real and more in my life. And so I hope that's something that you strive for. I'm going to start before we jump into the thoughts here with, uh, I think, something that's so apropos to what we've been going over these couple of days. You know, we talked about the fact that it was God's plan to put jo- Joseph into the, into the pit and then back into Potiphar's house and then into prison and then to the palace. It was God's plan to do that. Um, and it doesn't make sense, and sometimes God's plan, humanly speaking, makes absolutely no sense for what we think he's doing, but it's, but the, it's the only way it can work, as, as God can be honored and glorified with it. Um, I was reading something today on Facebook. A friend of mine, his wife, we graduated together from undergrad, from grad school, uh, so we're the same age, probably one of the reasons it's caught my attention more than anything. His wife is struggling with a pretty severe cancer. And she's been struggling for a little bit of time now. And uh, so they've been, he's a pastor and he, they're down in a treatment center. And so through his brother, he's been posting some uh, updates on his wife. And so I read something today and just, I hope you pray. Um, just, just his name, the family's name is Dietrich. If you could just pray for his wife and the whole family of several kids. And so this, you know, and she would be early 40s at this point. Um, but let me, um, uh, the one thought that he posted, he posted a friend of theirs posted, it gave to them, and I really thought it was apropos and encouragement as I read it this morning. We look at this idea of why would God allow this or what's going on, and, and it really goes back to the character and sovereignty of God. And, we, and I believe this to be true. We believe that God's character is good and God is only good. Every good thing coming from above. God cannot be bad. So if God's character is that of good, he cannot, anything that comes our way cannot be meant for bad. 
He cannot bring something our way meant for bad, meant to hurt us. And while we say that we live in a sinful world and human bodies and frail bodies, and we understand things like cancer, things like that do come in and cause grief, uh, we have to look back and remember that God is still in control, and whatever it is, um, he's going to help us through it. He, we've said that he doesn't eliminate the problems we find ourselves in. Boy, he's present during them, which is what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, we look at this, and he, so Joseph has been tossed into prison. And just like when he was thrown, uh, sold into slavery, and the moment he was at the Bible says that God was Joseph, and he made him successful out in the fields, and then made him recognized by Potiphar, and then as he made him recognized, and he was moved to the house. And again, all of this to get in the place of the temptation to show his integrity to then be thrown into prison. That was the entire premise of everything we've looked at at the time in Potiphar's house. So now we see he's been thrown in jail, and the moment he gets there, it's clear God is with Joseph. Now, here's something I think it's important for us to understand. And again, I make the comment based upon what I've read and what information we've been able to find. Uh, is the fact is that we have no record of God reminding Joseph of the dream. No record of God coming back and saying, don't forget about the dream I gave you back when you were at home, when you were 17, all those things. There's no, dream, there's no reminder of this. There's no constant reminder, Joseph, hey, I understand you don't understand what's going on, but remember the dream. There is no, nowhere in writing that I've been able to find, in, in, that as far as I know, that God reminded Joseph because that would be kind of an encouragement. I can handle this because God just reminded me. God gave Joseph the dream years ago, and then as far as we can tell, was remained silent. He was with them, and, God, and Joseph could see that the blessing through all of these things, as long as Joseph remained faithful to God, God blessed him. And we can see that in the middle of where God had him, he was faithful when God blessed him. Uh, we can see all that, but we don't see Joseph ever being reminded supernaturally by God through another dream. So here's my point. In all of this, we see a faithful man that's known for his integrity in Scripture that ultimately was able to be in the one place needed to be so that God could be glorified and the children of Israel can be protected. The 12 tribes can flourish through ultimately Joseph's faithfulness. And so we look at this. I look at the fact that uh, the faithfulness, sometimes we look back like Gideon. We want to have three or four, and there's nothing wrong. Gideon did it. I've been there too. Three or four reminders for God to prove something to us. But once we know that God has led us, Really what God's looking for is faithfulness and perseverance. Perseverance is not easy to find today. It's easy to walk away and we live in a day where, you know, there's so many ways out. And I encourage you to persevere, to stay strong, and um, don't always just look for the easier road because it's not always easier. Uh, find what God has and stay there and say, God, I'm going to stay until you move me. And, but uh, one of the things that we look at, first of all, we'll break down the idea of his presence. We, we have the promise of his presence. In Hebrews 10, I think it's not Hebrews 10, but in Hebrews it says, um, he says, forsaking, no, I'm in the wrong verse. He said, um, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Um, he says that I promise to always be by your side. We see that. We see that in Psalm 23. He goes, even though when I walk to the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. So in all of these times, I have the promise of his presence. And now that, here's the thing. Sometimes we say, well, I don't feel it. I don't see it. One of the things we have to remember is it is, does come down to faith. And we talked about this, I think I even said it yesterday. There's a difference between knowing something and believing something. And when I know that God has promised his presence and I believe that, that belief changes everything. The knowledge of his presence is great, but it does not compel me. It's the belief. It's that knowledge turned to belief, faith turned into works, to actual action. 
to where now I believe this and I'm going to act upon it. And so in the midst of these battles, I'm going to just spend my time with God. I'm going to focus on God. I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I'm not going to allow the anxiety that is naturally going to be there to control me. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to just give it to Him. I'm going to move forward. And that promise is what I hold on to because God cannot lie. If God can, can lie, He's not God because God cannot sin. And therefore, then we have nothing else to hold to anyway. So we know that God cannot lie. And therefore, God's promise is presence, and it's there. Let me look, too, at the power of his presence. There's a, uh, a section of Scripture in the Gospels. Um, there's set more than one occasion where we see the disciples find themselves in a storm on a boat. And, you know, on one occasion, Jesus walks out on the water to them. And this occasion, Jesus is actually in the boat with them. In Mark chapter 4, verse 37, And there grows a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. The ship was completely full of water. Verse 38, it says, and he, this is Jesus, was in the hinder, the back part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. I'm curious why he brought a pillow. That one just still intrigues me. He, it's like he planned for the storm. He planned to sleep. I'm going to bring a pillow. Um, and they wake him. And they say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now catch what he says in verse 38. They didn't come and ask him, Lord, are you aware of what's going on? They knew he was aware. Lord, we're going to die. Does it not bother you that we're going through these battles? They just came immediately assuming that the fact that God is sleeping through this torrential time had to be proof that God didn't care. And what you'd miss is that's not at all what was happening. It's not the fact that he didn't care. It's the fact that he was so powerful, he wasn't afraid of what was coming. In verse 39, and he, he, he noticed he did not respond to the disciples in this point. He didn't stand up and say, are you kidding me? He never, he just kind of looked at them and then he stood up in verse 39. He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now I can imagine what it must have been like to be in, in a storm that frightening and then all of a sudden it's just gone. That would be frightening. Verse 40, and he, Jesus said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have little faith, have no faith? A lot of people focus on the second I've seen on why, no faith, but when I don't have the faith to drive me, then fear comes. Why are you so fearful? Well, he's sitting there. He's right behind him. I often wonder, I wonder if I would be different when I could have walked with Jesus, if I could see Jesus, if I could have been witness to the miracles of Jesus, then obviously physically being able to touch him and being able to see him obviously would make my life easier. But yet the disciples who have walked with him and have seen miracles are sitting in the boat frightened. Our circumstances have a tendency to drive us to the point where we begin to doubt the God that we know is there. His presence is powerful. He's promised it, and then it's very, very powerful. And he says, your faith is little if you don't recognize that because I'm here, I have power over your circumstances. I may not choose just to stop your circumstances, but I have power over them, which means they're not going to control you. Verse 41, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? You know, that's the kind of fear we reference. It's not a fear of I need to get out of the boat. I don't like this man, but the power, this understandable fear that he is more powerful than my circumstances and my battles than anything that can happen this year. He's more powerful than any of it. He's more powerful than my fear. He's more powerful than my hurt. He's more powerful than the battles that I fight today. He's more powerful than those who would want to cause us hurt. He's more powerful than the circumstances. And while he may not eliminate them like he did here, he was intending to do that. I think Jesus fully intended for them just to sleep through. And if they had been mature, they would have recognized that if Jesus is sleeping, I'm sleeping. But they still had not really seen Jesus as 100% God. What manner of man is this, the Bible says. It didn't say, well, God, what manner of man? They were still learning that this was not just a good man. And if we really get to the realization of how powerful God is, it changes us. 
and helps us to give some maturity and strength. So the promise of his presence and then the power of his presence. But you know, there's some times in scripture, I want you to just, just, I won't look through scripture for time, but a couple thoughts of the proof of his presence. When you look at the idea, remember Daniel in the lion's den? Really, uh, he called the den of lions. There was more than one lion down there and he was thrown in there. His presence was there and he, you know, I used to tell my kids, he probably used one of the lions as a pillow and went to sleep that night. We don't know. But we know he lived through it. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, shortly before that, found them, well, probably many years before that, but found themselves in the middle of a, fire, a burning fire furnace, but Jesus, or God, was actually literally present with them there. Uh, Job, in the midst of all these battles, God was present with him. We could go through Scripture. We could go through all kinds of Scripture. Jesus on the cross, God was present up to that point. Obviously, the one time God actually turned his back, but all the way up, God was with him during this time. We see through Scripture... And if you look at the different men and women who were used of God and did great things, God was with them through those times. God has never asked us to do something that he hasn't promised to be with us on and then hasn't promised to give us power to go through through his presence. And we've been studying in Acts where the power of the Holy Spirit is that presence, that power we get. And he's not just giving me greater ability in my own strength, my own power. He's infusing his power into my life. And there's a big difference between perfecting my limited power and infusing his unlimited power into my life if I allow him to, if I'm right with him, if I'm growing in him and I let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do. I encourage you, rest in that, find strength in that. And yes, the place you're in is God's place and he is not leaving, he's present. I wish he would eliminate the problems, I do, but you know what I've learned in those problems? I grow in Jesus and if I can grow in Jesus, then I will endure the problems that come if that's what God wants for me. And I hope that we, it's easy to say, but I hope we can grow in him during those times. Thank you so much for taking this time on this uh, Wednesday edition of the Social Truth Podcast to join us. Uh, we hope it's an encouragement as we continue to go through the Word of God. And we hope you will find strength and help. And uh, we look forward to continuing this study again tomorrow. We hope you join us again tomorrow.